Yo, Kalak Culture fans, right before we start this new episode about Spike Lee, I wanted to share with you the leak, the first single from me and Small Professor as career crooks from our new album, Never at Peace, which drops Black Friday, but is up for pre-order now on Bandcamp. So whenever you hear this, it should be up live unless you're on Patreon and you get this shit early. So you can hear this record called Benicio Del Toro from me and Small Pro, Never at Peace, the second album from Career yo, Crooks. Yo, yo, yo. We're here now. Shots at Federal Donuts. Got busy with them. Hey yo, rules of the game are simple and plain. Hey yo, the rules of the game are simple and plain. Hey yo, the rules of the game are simple and plain. I don't even rhyme no more, I explain. Contents under pressure. Wrote rhymes all through my college lectures. Date a girl, might lose her next semester. I don't even rhyme no more, I explain. Yo, tranquil mind, so I'm never the aggressor. Even towards dudes that wanna put me in the stretcher. No freelancing, now I'm an investor. I don't even rhyme no more, I explain. Uh, you can flex, but my squad got that Thanos snap. Wild like Nicky Scarfo getting his capo clap. That's some South Philly shit you don't know about that. I explained, spent hundreds on leathers, but never won Averex. Would've given my left hand to be on Sway and Tech. And white dude's favorite jet was Wayne Corbett. Don't even rock no more, I explain it. Yo, we can get wild, you know we wild, we can get wild. We can get wild, you know we wild, we can get wild. We can get wild, you know we wild, we can get wild. I don't even rock no more, I explain. Now I'm bumping inner visions at intersections. Drop bombs like bad receivers and intersections. How come all the baddest people win these elections? Everything ain't bad meets evil, and still they Brexit, yo. It's nativism, wasting time on who they hated. I wish the native tongues really were reinstated. But Fife is gone and Jungle Brothers vanished. So now I reckon crew's the greatest posse on the planet. planet. Podcast with Alaska, Curly Castro, and Silla Rock. America, welcome the to world. your number one podcast in all of hip hop, America, and the world. We're Call Out Culture, and I'm Alaska. Mm. I'm here with my friends Curly Castro and Zilla Rocca. Zilla Rock is drinking a Corona. Extra. Wishing it tastes like crap. Getting the last they didn't even have alignment. He's just drinking a plane, so it tastes like armpit. It tastes really bad. These are left over from my son's birthday party. I, I I'm not I haven't been looking forward to getting these out of the fridge. That's right. In Philadelphia, they give coronas out in the goodie bags for the kids. Well, and Josh is very excited because the second trailer for Morpheus is out. And we all know he's a big Morpheus fan. Wait, Matrix Morpheus? No, Morbius. Jared Leto Morpheus. Oh, Morbius. Yeah, Jared Leto. The living vampire. You're mad, but no, it's not about Morbius. It's about but aren't all vampires technically living? I mean, I know they're undead, but they're <laughs> no, animated so and they're out. The thing is, Mo- Morbius is like not, he's like a different vampire. He has like suction cups on his hand. He got some other stuff going on. Yeah, he's, vampirism is like a nose. blood disease, more yeah. so than like. Dracula, like you know what I'm saying? Dracula. It's like disease and stuff, but rather than right. he's not descending to Dracula, and you know, he's not yeah. in that line. So yeah. it's funny because in Marvel, there is Dracula in that ancient stuff and all that history, yes. but then Morbius yes. was a doctor, 
and he developed this. Uh, the cartoon makes him funny as hell. Dude. The cartoon makes him funny because he's like, ah. yeah, I know. He's, he's, like, oh, he's, he's uh, I'm still a doctor. Give me my coat. It's yeah, he's he's kind of goth. He's a little he's a little <laughs> yeah, hot topic, yeah. hot topic. That's why, that's why it's hilarious that Lito played him because <laughs> oh, in the he's, cops, he's sexy you know, as he's high collars. It's very high oh, collars. Yeah, with, with with like the giant like uh V neck, oh, like the yes, American Apparel V neck down like to yes. your, your your belly button. Like that's nice. his, that's his... very he's very um like nineties vampire chic because he's wearing like the leotard. Oh, he's like seventies. No, he's seventies oh, yes. vampire chic. High collar, like dead man chest. <laughs> yeah, roll. dead man the chest out. Yep. He does oh, a lot wow. of his but yeah, he's like, so he's like a trap. He's like a trapeze artist. <laughs> is also a village people. I never cared about any of this. Oh, it's great. No, when you when you have to say it out loud to your other adult friends, oh, it sounds ridiculous. Oh, but to us, like, oh, you know, Morbius. He was a scientist. Yeah, Morbius. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was messing around. Now he's like, he's got vampire blood disease, and his woman's yeah. like, Morbius. <laughs> More be a stop. Like, no, I know how I, I sounded when I was trying to explain the history of Michael Myers to my my uh, daughter's friend's father on Halloween. <laughs> He's like, so wait, there's more than one timeline. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's like well, the one I sent you. Know. you. Remember the one I sent you from Red Letter Media, where they were like, this yeah. is the a sequel, but not to the first reboot with Rob Zombie. It's a sequel to the first one. But it yeah. doesn't include part two. But, this but it's the first time Jamie Lee back, except for part two, part eight, part. <laughs> they just and they just kept coming back. Michael Myers. There's... What if the black sheep of the family who went off to um, UAB Bowling Green, you know, was a homicidal <laughs> maniac, Green. came back and killed everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, where's Timmy? Oh, he's at Bowling Green. Slippery Rock. He'll be back, yeah. on, he'll be back on, <laughs> on the holidays. I don't know what he's doing out there. He's studying like Tech coastal Carolina. Carolina. Uh, he, oh, yeah. you know, he, 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 Castro, he, he's an IUP at the Addy University of Pennsylvania. Oh, <laughs> IUP. It wasn't there like, um, I always remember there's like a college of the California of the California. It's like in the name. So yeah, it's, there's a whole bunch of weird ones. I remember there was um, a Mr. Show skit where they had like these college basketball scouts that were going out and scouting like first graders, like in youth oh, basketball. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They and one of them the was parents. from. One of them was, was from Indiana, Basin Silt. <laughs> I remember that the, the one kid's like literally like drooling. And they're like, oh, he's got to cut that out before it, for it yeah. makes the team. And they talk to their parents like, is he potty trained yet? He's got a nice jumper. <laughs> Show was amazing. That's the best, man. All right. So let's get to this episode, gents. Let's do it. So let's do it. today we wanted to talk. We came up with this idea of things that we want to talk about. We want to talk about people that are kind of like hip hop adjacent people that are very important to the development of the culture, but aren't necessarily hip hop artists. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it could be a smattering. Cause you know, what came up to my mind, like we probably will Jacob, the jeweler, like we might yeah. have to down break down some of the jewelers. Yeah. Um, I'll, uh, I'll pass on that one, but I get what you're saying. I think yeah. I'll be Dapper Dan, Dapper Dan, Dapper you know what I'm saying? Dan. Like, or yeah. even if I mean, if we get it, we get in our purview promoters like who ran the tunnel. Lineage yeah. of adjacentness. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean to bang. Do like Lineage or, of or somebody like Jamal Shabazz. Yeah, or exactly. Fat Five Freddy. You know, they exactly. they are very important to like documenting the look, the style, and feel of hip hop, and even creating it. In this person's case, that we're going to talk about today. Speaking of which, um, Nas is about to do the documentary on Ralph McDaniel's. Oh, oh wow! Oh, we might we might have to do a Ralph. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I was just, 
Because if y'all ever seen Ralph do his little, hey, come to my house, he goes into the basement and shows like mm-hmm. yeah. all the tape. And not just like people are familiar with TV production. These are the big, big tapes. That, you know, like oh, the yeah. big round mm. tapes. That, that, you know, they're a little bigger than VHS, maybe like three times the size of VHS. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that big. And they go into certain machineries, but he kept them all. He has all of them. In like wow, that's amazing. There's got to be some right. gems in there. Walk, I seen him walk down. And he said, I kind of know. He started walking back. I know this whole section, but this, this over here is kind of like I have to look. Like he wow. has to look through and figure it out. But I was, I was, you know, stuff like that. But anyway, stuff like that that paints the culture. Um, stretching Barbito, Sway and King Tech. Mm. Yeah. Things of those natures, I think, would be will be talked about in this. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can even talk about like a show like Rap City or Yo MTV Raps or right. you know anything. Or, like, or the clear. tunnel, the spot, the tunnel. Yeah, like how big that was. Or Latin quarters, Bobby Bobby Doe, you know, Yeah, all these things. Yo, Casher, your voice is going in and out. Okay, give me a second. I'm yeah, it's like it. so. So I, I think lineage of adjacentness is is the title. Yeah. So think. so for today, figure we might as well kick it off right. Hell yeah! And we're gonna talk about. Spike Lee. Hmm? This is our Spike Lee episode. Spike Lee lineage of adjacentness. Um, adjacent Voorhees. <laughs> adjacent Voorhees. <laughs> um, adjacent kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't beat his wife? Yeah. Jesus, right? You remember, last kid? Are you were you around when um, when when like on the Shack comedy roast that would be on DVD and stuff? Yeah, yeah. And they would make fun of Jason Kidd, his child who had the big ass head. Yeah. Because <laughs> he had like a bobblehead. And Dude, they would always cut to him and the wife. He had like a full mustache at three with a noggin on his shoulders. And at the roast, they would make fun of his head. It's amazing. <laughs> Jason Kidd. He must have gotten so salty. Oh, man. That was wonderful. Yeah. So was, we're, not, we're not Jason I Jason. just typed in Jason Kidd's son and it immediately, it hey. immediately populated head. People know, man. It was all during those Shaq comedy roasts in the early 2000s. They used to keep on chasing kids, son. Oh, that was wonderful. Wow. What oh, wonderful wow. He's guy. a weird looking kid, too. Oof. Now that he's grown up. I got to look him up now. Jason yeah. Kidd's head. <laughs> he looks like Jason Kidd was left, who was left in water for too long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, not a handsome guy, but Jason Kidd's no. kind of a weird looking dude as well. Yeah, he is. Not, not, yeah, his oof. Yeah, oh, not all right, never mind. I wish I, I wish I had looked at this. Shouts to him though. TJ, that's his name. TJ, TJ Kid. TJ Kid. All right, so we're we're gonna do the Malcolm X uh, lineage of adjacent kidness. Oh boy. So, the next um, episode so, is gonna be like people with the worst shaped heads. Worst shaped. And what the fuck were you calling it? The Malcolm X. What does that have to do? No, you know, you Malcolm don't know. X? You just said it. No, I didn't. Yeah, you yes, you did. You said Good the right. Malcolm X Jason Kidd head thing. I was like, what the hell are you oh, talking about? I know. I said, I said J- the, the adjacent. I'm sorry. I, I, I <laughs> so why, why totally did poorly. Malcolm X cover it? What, 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 I thought what I was saying know? lineage of adjacent. I, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. This I'm, I'm so trying. Last, you see, I'm thinking, make, thinking the X. Playback. Like, I'm trying to figure out how he's like playback. I, I was, I was wondering too. I was gonna let it slide. I think, I think what he was trying to say is that Jason Kidd's Big head son, yes, is the Malcolm X of all big head children. No, I wasn't, but that's that that, 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 a good recovery. You helped him, but that's still not what I, I thought said. it was like a, a, a word thing, like the listen, X small heads, the Malcolm X heads. Like, listen, 
We, we still when you're forced to drink Corona extra, that gets put in your kid's basket for Halloween. Yo, South Philly. This is what happens. Yo, Z, me in Alaska, we're MCs. We can't make. We try to make it work. We can't make. Have you listened to my albums? I keep. I keep wild mistakes in there, just like the pod. I keep the mistakes. Yeah. You try to cap it down yeah. and like, yo, man, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I don't know, Kappa. Just like, can boomerate your so, technique and your scheme. So say it again, Kappa. Say it slow. You don't even understand. My, I was watching him. Um, uh, they were talking to him on. Um, I told you on that Mano, um, right. joint. Yeah. So, um, Gap is good for a turn of phrase too, or something like that. Like he's he was like, he's he said somebody, you know, I was stirring noodles. He did so I was <laughs> cracking up. Cause they were looking around and I was like, y'all don't know. Y'all, y'all Yo, shout, shout out to that dude that tried to get me on Twitter when Cam, shout out to Cam McCrate 808. Um, when I said on the Iron Man episode with him that Winter Wars is the greatest verse in Wu-Tang history. And some yeah. dude, some dude respond back to me. He's like, oh, sorry, you're wrong. Uh, uh, I bomb atomically. Thanks for playing. First of all, you're not naming the verse. Um, second of all, no. Um, yes, it's in the contention, but like, no. That's, that's, that, wait, wait. Was saying... Triumph is the best verse in the entire history of Wu means you stop listening to Wu. Oh uh, no, I was gonna that say album. that. Z. That's a low hanging. You fruit. only heard that verse. Right. You only that's, heard that. I was that, gonna right. say that, y'all. That's yeah. low hanging fruit to pick yeah. a bomb atomically. Yeah. Means first of all, I love that verse, but I'm gonna tell you the truth. The best verse on there is RZA. Like, well, walk I, like stand, so per- like, oh, I stand perpendicular to the square. You stand, stand glow like flare. Plunge into the dragon's lair in particular. That's crazy. What? It's also not even Dex's best verse. No, no. no. But it's just the best opening verse. I think that's where it lays its Also on a giant single with a a massive posse cut. So does it count? Like when there's that many verses, it kind of gets out of the realm of song. You know what I'm saying? This is not like eye for an eye or, you know what I'm saying? I'll take Dex's verse on guillotines on Cuban links. Oh, I'll go above the clouds. I'll raise that. I mean, well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's that's stamping gold. In it? And it's not even on his. Like, you don't say like. Science is mentally scarred. Oh, no. Alaska, I got one for you. I think Dex Dex verse on Cross Your Heart. That shit is hard body, yo. That's on Killer Priest joint. Yeah. That shit is hard. That that kind of two-year run of just destroying everything. Yo, he's got a crazy verse on um, Hollow Bones, bro. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so before we get, you know, but why does it, why did he his voice is kind of the same and his cadence is the same. It just don't work these days, right? Yeah. You're right. It's you know, not a... What? You know what Castro, I, I, and, and, and we should bookmark this for a future episode. Alaska, Castro and I had a separate convo the other day about creativity, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And how the an issue we have with people being hyper, hyper prolific today is that they're giving you a lot of stuff, but it's not creating. Boom. Yes. Does it's just sense? standard. It's it's factory it's just stuff. You know right? what I'm yeah. saying? It's factory. There's no real creativity into no. anything, and so I think with with someone like Deck, it's like, and he, I'm not just picking on him. Trust me, he's the reason why I rap. But he's not as creative. Where it's just kind of like, okay, here's like the Zarface standard Deck verse. The same way he was like, oh, all of those. Year, um, like, here's the standard Wu Deck verse. All um, those posts goes Dini. Ghostface, but he's going to work. Yeah, right. He's clocking in. He's clocking in. We talked about clocking out. We spoke. That's exactly what I was just thinking. I was like, it's a paycheck now. Exactly. He's filling out a contract, but it's not that. But but and I'm not even. I'll give I'll give all of that has the thing. Yes, but that's at least creative. Yes. I will just say this, and then we'll probably take a break and get into Spike Lee. I will say this. I at least give those guys credit because they gave us 
20 years of like the most creative music of, of course right? of course yeah. and they just no, kind of no tapered doubt. out no doubt it's just weird now where people i never heard of them until 2017 and they have no creativity in 2021 i will say this no. as an addendum deck and ghost in particular at least they have creative shells like these projects right. have a certain creativity that shows our face is very involved they put oh, another, yeah. yep. yes. another comic just came out and um and um you know ghost face gets with the you know, uh, Adrian Young and th- like at least it looks mm-hmm. right. good. The Ghostface Killers, he's wearing the mask with the yes. it looks visually aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's bad, what I'm bad, saying. The bad, shell, bad. right? The bad, shell bad, yeah, looks the sweet, at yeah, least sour good. Yeah. Um, as, as opposed to, and this is my own personal thing. Like when Al Davino and SD Knack are just yeah. here's a cover, it's scratched. The office. And here's a, right. you know, what I'm saying like that. But we it, can. Hit it's almost like it's like those people that you work with where they're like, you ask them to do something, like it's not my job description. Oh boom! Oh god! Oh wow! Right on the head. Um, bring right that to accounting. Head. Thank you. Right on, don't do that. Yeah. right on the head. So where's your creativity? You know you can knock this out in five minutes. But well, yeah, right. exactly. Well, speaking of creativity, folks, you know what gives you a lot of creativity in the bathing suit area? Landscapes. Oh what the what a leader? Did you know? Did you know, fellas? Did you know? Ah, Manscaped gives you the precision blade, the lawnmower 4.0. We're out here repping it. Okay. The, the kit they just gave me in the mail for this show, I just gave it to my father. I passed it on. You know what I mean? Just just pay it forward. Pay it forward. I paid it forward. Because you know why yeah. I paid it forward to my pop? I was already rocking the Manscaped for like two years. Right? It takes one to know one. You want to get creative the same way like we, I was telling Castro, Sub Rock was doing the cuts and MC Search's hair with the third base. You know what I mean? Boom. You could do some YouTube videos. Whatever classic hip hop logo in your joint, whatever works for you, Manscaped got you. Rock with us, get 20% off. COC20 when you check out to help support the pod, it helps support your general crotch aesthetics. Get it, get it together. Manscaped.com. Call out culture. We'll be back. Hey, friends, it's me, your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Alaska. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting new project that I just released with my friend Jason Griff. You might know Jason Griff from his many appearances on the Call Out Culture podcast, as well as his groundbreaking work with the Griff Scorsese Midnight Express album. Also, his solo project, Fireside Chats. You need a sweater and a bearskin rug for that one, fellas. Anyway, we just dropped a new record called Human Zoo. And Human Zoo examines the cages that we put around society and the self-imposed cages we put around ourselves. It features exciting tracks like Reboot featuring Fat Boy Sharif and Animal Farm featuring Love Ulysses. We also have additional vocals from the likes of Alex Ludovico. Not Ludovico, Ludovico with a C. See what I'm saying there, people? And Premrock. And then the All Hook All the Time track featuring vocal stylings from Curly Castro, Zilla Rocca, Def C, Rob Sonic, Breezley Bruin, and Open Mike Eagle. If you like the rap music, folks, you're going to want to get this record. It's a must-have for every true aficionado. And you can get it at insubordinaterecords.com. 
I'll ask him. Um, so, yeah, let's actually get blah, into blah, 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 blah. Fine. All right, so, so we talked a lot of filler. I, I, let, let me let me take the reins here, gentlemen. So this hip-hop adjacent thing, right? So what we're doing is we're trying to spotlight hip-hop adjacent characters. And the reason we picked Spike Lee to set off this series is we feel like his work, um, his dedication, his contributions have helped paint hip-hop in its uh, infancy stages as well as to its mature stages. Spike Lee has a lot to do with the, the hip-hop we see today. Um, his involvement with the, uh, the reinvigoration of leather medallions um the whole involvement of him sparking this whole x clothing culture Ooh. so i remember when x dropped mm-hmm. he was trying to you know do things for promotion and he had that x hat and that became like a standard in in, in some hip-hop circles especially the nubian ones where the x clan uh karis one parish used to wear those hats oh, and, yeah. and so he's becoming part of the iconography a lot of hip-hop um staples and phrases come from uh, Spike Lee's movies. Um, people reference their characters. I even have a current song referencing um, one of his movies, Mo Better Blues. So yeah. it's just like Spike Lee was definitely hip hop adjacent, almost parallel, because as he was developing, so was hip hop. It's interesting mm-hmm. enough. We we were going to talk about movies with y'all people, ladies and gentlemen, but we didn't really examine like were any hip hop artists in a movie or not. I don't know. And it's um, but like for instance, Spike Lee was the big part of the um push of the song fight the power he put he picked right. that for his his uh, um his movie do the right thing he made right. sure that that was the only song that was played through a character ray raheem but that was also the contract he had worked out with chuck d and then he said i want this song throughout the whole movie he could have had them play multiple songs he could even have other yeah. people right. doing it but it was like a point to making fight the power be the anthem of that movie and so we're also going to talk about some of his other films that we feel has helped paint hip-hop culture in a colorful manner wow i love it oh yeah. so what we did was we, we we all listed our top five i think just favorite spike lee not like greatest yeah i just think yeah these are all like all, personal lists right, and personal mostly list. um ones that touched us so the quality can be right. you know there could be a really good spike lee quality one it could be really tawdry one but these are like what movies touched you and I and I'll take some blame for it, ladies and gentlemen. We did a t- we we were supposed to do top ten, and I I said let's go top five because top ten we would actually have like a two hour episode. It'd be like yeah, a two hour, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, and, and honestly, I don't even know if I have ten that I could. Write. I do, I do. Yeah, I, I could I mean, probably do. Oh, yeah. Girl Six is on my list, brother. Ooh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, whatever. Teresa Randall's jump I mean, off. Uh, the, oh, I'll say what one, the one I wanted to pick, even though it's not. A Spike Lee joint was Kings of Comedy. Yeah, okay. I, I was like thinking that too. But it my really thing with that. Girl Six, really real quick, Kings my thing with Girl Six is we understand it's like three movies, so yeah. I like one of the three. Okay, get my point. yeah, I agree. There's parts yeah, I like. Real, I just don't there's, like. There's, there's yeah. some parts it's like uh, Teresa Randall is one of the, but the she's part, doing oh, yeah, it's great. It's like the stalker yeah. running up on her, the obsessed like that was frightening, yeah. and it, all I was three movies I like one of them. So I just yeah. like okay. Well, let's, let's pick the movies we did like. All right, All right. hold on. Wow. So let's uh, let's All let's right. get going. Um, so who wants to go first? Uh, um, I'll go first. I'll go first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my number five choice that no one picked oh, but me. Sorry, real quick, real quick. Yeah. So so just so everybody knows, the way we're going to go over this, there we have each other's list, and there's a few titles that each of us picked. You know where we all three of us picked it. We're only going to discuss that title after the last person who picked it goes. 
So that right. way you're not sure. going to hear us talking like each three different stories about the movie. We'll just talk about it all at once. But if yep. it's a movie that nobody else picked but the person, then we'll jump right in. Okay. So okay. I have that. My number five is is a movie no one else picked but me. I've This is probably my... It's tied for another one on my list. Probably the movie I've watched the most from Spike because it doesn't require you to know anything about him, his influence on hip-hop, on American culture, African-American films, nothing. It's just, to me, it's a great popcorn movie, and he kind of he shoehorns in his own commentary, which is unavoidable, but I, I think it's just a really great hanging out on a Saturday. It's on TV. You catch it. Inside mm-hmm. Man. I've I've nice. seen Inside Man. I, I love Clive Owen in it. Denzel is phenomenal. Jodie Foster, her legs look f- incredible, um, but she's great. Christopher Plummer is like the. It's the also Nazi the third dude. Mm-hmm. It's also the third in combination between Denzel and Spike. Is their third movie they marked mm-hmm. together? I think it's their fourth. Mm-mm, it's their third. No, it's not. We, it's their fourth. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Yep. X, Mo Better. He got um, game. You forgot. He got game. Yep. And, 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 yep. and then this. So this one, it's like, you know, I, I just like Denzel as like an asshole cop. And you're not really sure the whole movie, like if he's dirty, because it's always kind of hanging over his head that he did something slimy. <laughs> yeah. That, that you really don't know. Too. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that. And it's, it's like heavy, like on the post 9-11, you know. Mm-hmm. It's very much with... the first film post 9 like showing them working on Ground Zero. Like, I don't even know mm-hmm. how. No, it's not. He... But because I don't want to spoil it. But I know you're getting it. You're so close, but that's going to spoil something I say later. So put okay, a pin in that part. I got it. I got it. Yeah. If you see the list, you'll know what I'm going to say. Look at my list real quick. Something else. Oh, shit. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 I guess I'll say put a pin in that piece. That. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. So, so but yeah. Inside Man has like, um, and what's the name in it too? Homeboy who played Ziggy from The Wire. Remember, he's one of, one of the crooks. He is. He is. He right? is. Yeah. That was like I his first thing that. I saw him in after the wire. I was like, oh shit, he's like annoying and you know. And Chiwetel Ojafor is in it. Oh, he's, he's playing homeboy. He's playing his sidekick. He's great, man. When they're they're, just, they're, yes, the interrogation scene. Remember when he, they're walking down? He's the like, box? yo, man, can I see your shoe? Why? Because <laughs> I want to see how far you got up his ass. He <laughs> said, uh, <laughs> and they they said that you planted a bomb. What? What? Boom! Ha ha! Like they're just messing with people just to see their response. You planned uh, the bomb. Oh, I loved it. That yo, interrogation. And even like great. the way Denzel was like such a fast talking asshole New Yorker when he's dealing with Clive Owen. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's so fucking New York when he's and dealing he kind of goes. I mean, you know, we're not gonna go, but he goes over it when he like tackles him on the steps. Like, that's not procedure. Like I know. he kinda got blasted. Like he was wilding. Like right. Denzel was definitely and wilding. It, and it was and I'm always a fan too of when the criminal is like unbelievably smart and detailed and planned out. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean, and so he, he gets away with all of it, and then he leaves Denzel the notes to. What, wait, Z, you don't you, you don't you don't think the mastermind of speed, your man, uh, <laughs> Hopper, your man Pop Dennis Hopper, hot shot, wilding out without with missing the opposable thumb. He was wild. Yeah. Was, come on, man, he's bugging. Remember yeah, he, that, he, that he, he missed the thumb. He kept cross arming like he would do everything he like was cross ridiculous. Arm. It was very yeah, funny. That was weird. So inside man <laughs> was my number five. So again, it's not like uh, it's not gonna it's. I think I think it's like one of his most successful just box office movies. Probably is. Gross. It's just it's yeah. just a really awesome heist cop movie with you know his post nine eleven commentary sprinkled in about people being you know losing 
forfeiting their freedom and identity in terms of safety in the Patriot Act, and you know <laughs> they're shooting people with the rubber bullets and all that shit. And like he actually shows some um humanizing some of the people. roughhousing of the Sikh. Mm-hmm. They're um trying mm-hmm. to accuse him of being Muslim. That was Take also the first off. time, yeah, t- first yeah. time kind of in film with that. You're right, you know right, right. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. first time showing that. Yeah. So, Alaska, yeah. I don't want to mess with the format. Do I keep going, or is someone? No, me? then now Castro goes. Okay, my bad. Yeah. All right. So, so we're so just my, gonna basically, yeah. you know, the way we normally would do it. All right. So my number five is bamboozled, Ooh. which is on the list as well, and so we'll talk about it when it comes up on somebody else's list, but. Um, bamboozled uh, just a little quick uh, me and my girlfriend at the time and my roommate we went to New York to see it it wasn't playing in Philly so we took a trip it was that important it was a little low in terms of Spike Lee movies and yeah. it came out yeah. nowhere Damon Wayans is in it that was his first time working on Spike in that well working on Spike in this capacity being lead and so I was all about it um, trailer was say, um, Savion Glover's in it I was old Tommy Davidson it's great we're gonna we're gonna dive more deep into it when we yes. get to it in the list. We're gonna so that was my number five. Right, so so my number five. My up. number five is He Got Game. Bomb. Um, I think I'm the only one that had that, right? Correct. Yeah, because that's like number six on some people's list. Yeah. Shit like so that. so I, I I really enjoy like the smaller Spike Lee stories. Mm. Okay. Like, to me, this More is contained. this is a small story, right? It, it's just like really a story about a dad and a son. And Coney Island. And it's like and yeah, Coney Island, but but really, like the, the joint of it is like a dad and son basically helping each other, healing, yes. and sort of like two kind of like lost people um, at different ends of the spectrum, but still lost. Like, you know, Jesus Shuttleworth is about to explode and be the mm-hmm. biggest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And his dad just got out of prison. Well, the, and he's the only crux out, is, like, let out, right? Just to get right. assigned to state. The, 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 yeah. but, the, but the crux is <laughs> the tragedy state. that befalls both of them is his mom accidentally dying. Yeah. by the hand yeah. of his father put his father in jail and then to me set jesus off to be this great basketball player you know what i'm saying like right. it, it was a catalyst for mm. jesus to explode and become this man to take care of his sister where yeah. also it was the end of denzel being that type of father because he went to yeah. jail and all of that so i always and always look at it like that it, it also hardened jesus because he wasn't able to really like no or heal he had to just no. be like the yep. father took you know, well, he had, and yeah, he had to grow up immediately. He had to grow up immediately, Boom. right? Raising his sister, he was dealing with his uncle and his. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and I, I just really love too. like the way that they build their relationship throughout the movie. Um, you know, I I just think it's a cool story. Like you'll see for my number one movie that it's like the stories that are sort of like more smaller, more contained within within mm. the family unit almost. Like are are the ones that really like do it. There's a lot of there's a lot of lack of credit given to Spike or how he does family dramas. Yeah, he doesn't skimp, which is no. which is important. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes people skip over because there's not enough time. He doesn't skimp. If there's a no. familial issue, and also wow. what people don't know is he's also acting with his sister a lot. Like his sister's yeah. in the movies, so familial's there. His sister's in yeah. the movies. Brother scores the movies. His mm-hmm. other brother is the cinematographer. Like he he keeps his family around. And so I think he never really skips over that when it becomes present in his films. Those yeah. are all the family is always a strong component, even in like do the right thing, which we'll get to the Sal right. family. Like that was yes. a family. You know what yes. I'm saying? It wasn't just a business. Um, so, yeah. And he got game. Great soundtrack. 
Oh, Great God. Well, it, it was like, almost like, like, like Master Killers on it, too. A public enemy. It isn't the resurrection but, of Public Enemy, right? They do. Yeah, like, yeah I was going to say, like, Public Enemy was like kind of like nobody gives a fuck about game. Public Enemy. Right. Anymore. That was that was game. the that was the palatable Public Enemy record for me. Then yes. they would still drop stuff, but I didn't like it. But I no, like the goddamn soundtrack. I like that. Like that. That was he got games. Great songs. And, you know, and also with the movie budget, like that sample right there, they were able to get. I think he got. What's the name to play the guitar again? Like, you know yep. what I'm saying? Like, they, that's access. You know, when you have movie budgets, you can yeah. really do some good things with soundtrack. And then the album yeah. also had, um, so it had the song with Steven Stills, the, you know what I mean? Something mm-hmm. happened in here. But uh, the first song in Master Killer, Resurrection. And then Game Face track eight had Smooth the Hustler. Woo! Wow. Yeah, yeah. Great. I remember that soundtrack is great. I have that on CD. Yeah, it's a really good soundtrack. Tape, tape is popping. Yeah. So, and then who was, um, who played the woman? That um, Mila Jovovich, right? Mila Jovovich, yeah. That was the only part. It was like kind of weird that he has like it was a little greasy, but it was it was endearing when you once you got past the greasy elements, the pimp and all. Like I loved his his man. Oh my man, um, may rest in peace. He played the pimp. Um, he also played Errol Barnes. Um, I think his name's something Smith. He passed away. Um, one of Mm. Spike Lee's regulars. Okay. Yeah, he passed away. Um, but I remember yeah. the pimp. Y'all remember the pimp before he, you know, he, he fought with yes. him. That was all that was really yeah. good. good I, I remember like when Denzel taught her how to make a grilled cheese with an yeah, iron. With with the iron. iron. Your man James Brown is in it. He's one of the cops. Um, yeah, that's close. Ned Bates. Not, 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 not James Brown. Brown. Um, Jim Brown. Excuse me, Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Shouts to Jim Brown beating women for fifty years. <laughs> Shouts to Jim Brown. Oh my God! All right, who's next? Uh, you me okay um so i my number four was bamboozled wow so so let's talk about it so my my, real quick my my funny story about bamboozled was i was at the lyricist lounge tour in philly at the electric factory and i saw nature masterful uh who else is on that bill uh i forget who else on that show tonight bunch of words 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 with you words worth was definitely there um and most Def was the headliner, and he was playing with Blackjack Johnson before anybody knew what the fuck that was. Uh, and most was at least an hour and a half late to close the show, and it was wow. like a now, was that night. dead air? Was it dead air or did they? Have yeah, to, like, they were just like run out of things to do, and they said he was running late coming from New York because he was at the Bamboozled premiere. Mm. So he was in a limo mm. on his way to Philly from the Bamboozled. <clears throat> so after waiting that long, me and my friends started walking out saying, "Fuck most Def, fuck him." And all of a sudden, he came right out on stage, and I was like, "Okay." And I stayed like for another hour. But uh, he look, was look, Alaska, him zilling his Philly goombas. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. What well, you're standing around. You're just standing there on concrete for three hours, waiting for this dude. After you've been through goombas, two hours they started look. Alaska started rolling up their white t-shirt sleeves. Get in the fuck out of here! Get the fuck on that friggin' stage, most. <laughs> and you play all me says because it makes me emotional. Um, yeah, but Glenn Bozo, yo, what's the real shit? Is it, isn't it? I think it's Damon Wayne's best work. It is very much up there. Like, um, if you, if you really got into Damon Wayne's, you would see like how uh, great my wife and kids turned out to be. Like, mm-hmm. um, some of his other sitcom stuff, like, there was a, he had his own lead. I sitcom mean, Mo Money Damon. is fucking awesome. You no, know, but listen, 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 it. He had that sitcom called Damon. It was one season. He was oh, an undercover yeah. cop. You don't remember that? He was an yeah. undercover cop. And it was like sitcom or whatever. And I was like, ah, oh, this kind of works, but not really. And then my wife and kids came and like hit like always feel like Damon is really yes. like the diamond, not in the rough. Like he is the diamond of that family. Like when he gets oh, busy, yeah. he gets busy. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. love Marlon. I love uh, uh, Keenan. Sean is like my low totem. But 
Damon gets busy. So when he yeah, did no, this, he, he, did, fuck. he did this Delacroix thing. I was like, oh, oh, Pierre, you know what I'm saying like, you know what I mean? Like, and cash has- over you to AAVE. Yep. That's in this shit, remember? Yep, African American vernacular English. Yeah, it's in oh there. Um, God. There's the whole thing with search and being like, um, I'm fine. Mal Mouse. Yeah, I'm one drop. I'm one drop. And they killed everybody but him. I'm <laughs> one drop. He was dying to get this. shot. Get out of Charlie Baltimore's in there. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Cannabis. Cannabis is on yep. the Mal Mal joints. Um, um, um Gaino Grills and Mums and Schema. May he rest in peace. Mums is yeah. in there. Mums. Yeah, yep. it's. Um, I just think it's like I love Rappaport is like dropping in pops. Like oh, Jada Pinkett does a great Jada. job. I, I think with, with guys is like the twist with Jada at the end was weird. I didn't like how that kind of turned. Like right. y'all don't know what I'm talking about. It turned like into this sexual harassment and yes. manipulation thing, and it was. And I was like, wait a minute, where are we going? Like that was kind of weird. Like you know what I'm saying. But yeah. anyway. Yeah, and oh, um, Paul Mooney was awesome. Remember the roots oh, for the, God. the house band? House band. Remember um, that? I was Alabama, like so amped up when I saw that. I they was were like, called what? the Alabama Porch Monkeys, oh, and they were and they were and they were performing in blackface with um yeah. with Homeboy. They played yep. um Save niggas is a beautiful no no um the, the ringmaster niggas is a beautiful thing. A Tommy niggas Davis. Is a, no, the the main guy that was the fluffer. They they he oh, worked the audience. Uh, yeah. Once they yeah. started um and all right, so the obvious elephant in the room and I, I can talk about it so nobody has to feel offended so in bamboozle blackface becomes like um a cultural uh, staple and yes. white people are wearing it at the shows yep. and it's become like um like beanie babies or something like that like cabbage patch right. kids right and so the movie deals with how much of your soul are you selling when something like that happens and um delacour is like at first he was trying he was quote unquote making a satire of it but then you can see pieces of his soul being picked off because it's getting becoming popular it's his best work to date and when you're in television what do you right. do when you have a, a show that you're selling your soul for oh the success for but it's just your most popular show and that's the um that's the crux of the movie yes it's just it was just a great movie in that time entertainment where entertainment is it was a big slap in the face yeah this yeah. is this yeah. big early, slap man. in the face um blackface was like you know unspoken and unsaid but you know people still trying to sneak it in at parties and stuff and i also think that this also made it leave more taboo people still wear it i saw a teacher wore it the other day and just walking around class for halloween but it was just like look this is awful and um as the movie goes on uh delacroix is haunted by um african-american caricatures of the time the corner um different figures uh piggy banks and um, different yes. dolls that were around during the um, Sambo eras and time. So it was like that. So you revisited that. Um, if you weren't familiar or if you were, great, great, great film. Great film. And shouts to Fatboy Sharif, who has a Bamboozle t-shirt, which I've never seen before. Yes. Wow. He yeah, he's, yeah, he's wearing it. It's, it's ill. That's insane. All right. That's my number four. Cash, what's your number four? All right. My number four is... He's got jungle fever. fever. She's got jungle fever. fever. They got jungle fever. fever. They're in, in love. love. Okay. And Banger. so I, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Wait, hold on. Did you? Yeah. This is just a brief interlude, right? Because yeah, nobody else got it. Again. No, it somebody is? else got it. I thought so, didn't no. no, you're right. Sorry. My no, bad. My it, bad. It, my just, bad. No. it just missed my list. Yeah. So I, I knew, yeah, okay, that's what it was. So here's the thing. So growing up in Brooklyn, there's a actually not even invisible, it's a definitive divide between Italians and black folk. And mm-hmm. there's also neighborhood lines, like certain neighborhoods, Italians totally dominate. Same with us. 
And so one of the big galvanizing things between Italians and black folks, it, it was just, there was issues going on, but it was the um, killing right. of Yus- Yusef Hawkins. Yusef mm-hmm. Hawkins found himself in Bensonhurst one day. Um, he was chased out with bats, ran across the expressway and still kind of, you know, got murked. They were chasing him with bats out of the neighborhood. So Jungle Fever took place. Yep. Jungle Fever came about like on the heels of that. And Spike was very timely with stuff like this. Um, the Tawana Brawley incident, Spike would work that into his um, his movies and stuff like that. So Jungle Fever came about in a time where, um, you know, we're also talking about an era where Will Chamberlain forces a trade to, to get to L.A. so he can date white women. So, yes. it, it, you know, <laughs> the, the taboo is there. And at that time, what year did look it up for me? Uh, what year did Jungle Fever come out? It was very unspoken. Like early 90s, right? Yeah, it was inter, 91. Inter, interracial 91. relationships was still very taboo. I mean, now they're every commercial, but uh, yes. back then, they, 30 years later, there's like every commercial has a mixy kid and an interracial couple, every yep. single one, I swear to God. Years, yeah. But um, back then, nah, it was not happening. And he nope. put it on Front Street, had Wesley Snipes star in it. Um, Judge, Annabella uh, Sciorra. Uh, Sopranos, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, uh, Samuel Jackson and Holly yep. Berry in two of their uh, greatest roles that they've ever Why don't you talk about in. the song you did? So um, I did a song called um, The Good Reverend Doctor, where I was taking on the character of uh, the good Reverend Doctor, the father, Jack Gator and Flipper's father. And the incident when Gator came home and was very adamant to try to get some money from his from his mother and didn't bring back the TV that he stole. And he was warned to not be around his father. And there was a confrontation. And you can check that out on um, album Tosh. Um, yep. So I, I, I took that and I made that into a song. Yep. So like Jungle Fever was just like visceral um, and it was urgent and it was present. So like it made you think about these things, the interracial nature of it. He was a married man. So there was the whole um, in the black community. There's the chase of the forbidden fruit, the lusting after white women and some seedy um, dream state that there's always the biggest fear of white men is black men sneaking around with their women. So that was put on Front Street. And um, the neighborhood reactions, Annabella's father's reaction, uh, Dude, Gator's father's Queen reaction, and at the at the restaurant. Oh uh, yes, at the restaurant, yeah. the um, the microaggressions. Yeah, where she's all like, of that you're stuff. tired. Yeah, all that stuff. It was really, really um, well done. And then also, <clears throat> we'll get to Mo better, but this movie also had very good music. Again, his oh, brother yeah. is amazing. This movie had great music in it. So. Um, yeah, and it, I just remember Jungle Fever being like a movie of its time. Like it was right on time with those yeah. issues being put on Front Street. And, and let's give a special shout out to Ozzy Davis and Ruby D as well. Ooh. Oh, God. Yes, they're in this yeah. big Ozzie, time. Man. Oh, my God. When, the Eternal Couple, one of the yes. greatest couples we've ever witnessed in entertainment and in life history, period. But Indeed. they are, they will always give Spike great performances when they would bless him. And yes. Dougie Doug was in it too, which I just know he does. Yeah. Frank Vincent was my shit too. Frank Vincent was out of fucking Charles movie. And Totoro. Oh, wait, there was um Totoro because there was the other storyline. And Nick Totoro and, and his um and his, his people's down yes. um, neighborhood. Oh, some colorful and, language. And then him trying to get with the black girl after yep. the, oh, that was all polycarbonate. Yeah. Poly yeah. Fuck with Jungle Fear. What about your last question, number four? Uh my number four is uh do the right thing. <laughs> Which we Which will we'll get, get to. Discussed yes, yeah. because my exactly. number three is do the right thing. <laughs> so let's, uh, no, we still got one more that's going to go with it. So uh, Castro, over to you. For my number three now? Yes. Yeah. Or, 
Yeah, my number three is Crooklyn. Which we'll from, get into later. We'll we're going like, to hustle through wow. the middle of this. We're burning we're through it. This is going to be going. Um, and then uh, my number three is Malcolm X. Shablizel. Uh All right, which we're going to get to. My number two, the standalone piece, 25th so, hour. Floor is yours, brother. Oof. So this is what first I said to you, Castro, earlier when you were like, this is the first like post 9-11 New York thing. This is the first post This one, yep. He actually like, was given access to shoot that close. He's in the building right next to Ground Zero, which was not yeah, public Pepper. access just yet. But um, Spike was given like that early access to shoot that close to Ground Zero yes. while they were still so, cleaning right. up. Exactly. So here's the th- And I've watched this movie a ton. Here's the things that jump out at me when I think of this movie. Number, number one, Rosario Dawson has never looked hotter ever than this fucking movie with the silver mm-hmm. dress unbelievable Two, but i like uh well what's her name in this one she's not she's not natural Anna paquin Anna paquin no she's not natural oh no she's yeah she's natural natural she's natural in this one then yeah. what is she in he got game she's not in he got game. oh she's la 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 um so um rosario does never never look sexier number two philip seymour hoffman such a fucking actor where he can play like the ballsiest guys like in Mission Impossible 3 mm-hmm. or and, um, and then be a complete like cuck oaf as he is in this well, movie. And the biggest so thing good. for me is um when he's um when he's playing um L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, Dodd, the oh, Lester yeah. Dodd and the master. Right. And the oh, master God. compared to this. Better than that. Yes. Compared to this slimy, like, yes, like this oafish, yeah, like pensive, oh. shook. In, in love with the student and then Anna Paquin is like she's unbelievable yeah. um and then what's his name Barry Pepper and Barry Pepper's playing as right, like the weird. slick back dickhead Wall New York, Street guy Wall Street I'm invest- better I know yeah. New York I know pussy yeah and and really like he has a lot of and he's doing it though he's doing it but he's, check it. he's doing it the movie. he has he's- issues throughout the whole movie that yes. don't get resolved at all like his no. issues never get addressed Never no. get spoken of until they come to culmination with at you the know end, the end right. of them at the end. Um, right. ter- Tony Saragusa like laughably bad, like yeah. oh god, unbelievably bad. bad he was playing, movie. but it was like he's horrible. He's he trying to be the foreigner, and I was like, wait, the foreigners aren't even as foreign. Yo, Monty, you believe the me? Like he's yeah, but the other uh, guys never other, again. I don't the think. other criminal element, like the criminal element in this, was very shaky. I wish they yes. did weren't so ham-fisted with like hey we're criminals Mar- um right. marty what, what was his name monty we're criminals monty, monty. yes we need the yes. money back like i wish they he, he talks like a snitch everything about it was like snitch grammar what was he, he locked up for again i don't remember what. he got caught so, because so our man isaiah washington clay davis finds the bricks he goes and she- tony saragusa told yeah. him what the brick was but it was yep. like in the couch brick Yep. He ratted, so they popped up on him before he could really like have the stuff hidden. Gotcha. So they found okay. like a big ass brick. Yeah. You know, so this is 2000. So that brick guarantees time. This is no, it's no oh, plea yeah. deal. And but you know like what's shit. mostly completely insane about this movie? It is so fucking good. It's so watchable. There's a lot. I mean, like the dog, and then the whole sequence with the fuck you New York part. You know, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Like, with the that whole sequence where he's looking in the mirror and he's cursing out everybody in New York, and then the whole scene at the end. With the dad, oh, that, driving that seems the amazing. With oh Cox. my god, that's incredible, yeah. right? Yeah. But in the middle of all that stuff, because I don't want to go, I'm not trying to ruin it. I mean, we, we've kind of ruined a lot, but um, like Maybe you know, like it Patrice came out o- 20 years ago. True. I mean, look, you have like Patrice O'Neill in this movie. You know, yeah, like, Patrice. Yeah, Patrice he's great. Him, yeah. But then you have here's the weirdest thing I didn't realize until right now. Castro, you know who wrote this movie? Your man David Benioff from fucking Game of Thrones. He wrote this movie. 
look what Spike can do. It was wow. a novel. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you yeah. wrote the novel, but Benioff wrote the movie. Probably, he probably scripted out the, from the novel. He seems like he can do that. So that's the thing with Benioff and them. They can adapt a piece. He's great at that. But yeah, once, he's great once at they run out of, but that. once they run out of source material, that's right. when the problems start. They yeah. don't have any original thought. Yeah. Oh no, he wrote the book. Yeah, that's what it is. Book, yeah. He wrote. Wow. I'm telling you, they have. Oh, they're good at God. source material. When they got source material, no, he created actually, the source material. I know, but this. even still, right. when I'm talking about transferring it, making it into film, they're good at it. When they have wow. source material, when they yeah. don't, it's more than obvious. It's almost reminiscent of. The Wachowskis in the in the Matrix sequels. Think about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's unbelievable. Yeah, so twenty fifth hour. I just, I just love it. I, I just, again, I don't, I don't think it's you know these are just my personal favorites. I wouldn't put it against like his true landmark films, but for me, for all the reasons I live, and then Norton, dude, Edward Norton in this fucking, movie, he's both unbelievably charming, and you'd be looking at him, you're like, you are such a fucking asshole. Can, you know can I, mean? I let you know something else that this dude wrote? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, 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 no. Go he wrote an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia called Flowers <laughs> for Charlie. <laughs> of course he wrote. Now, was that like based on like Flowers of a Falgina? It know? might be. Yeah. You know, he wrote Castro. He wrote X-Men Origins Wolverine, the worst fucking comic book movie of all time. Moving on. Enough oh, Benio. my God. Moving anyway, on. yeah. And Norton, I, I think Norton has like the greatest goatee ever in this movie phenomenal mm. goatee strong okay. goatee it's one yeah. like that uh, downy is lusting for right now still in his in i don't know it's, it's 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 it was cool at one point but it is douchey like ultimately like there's a lot of douches that wear that little pointy thing well back in the moment but yeah. in 02 the, uh, like you the, know the goatee um, was mandatory your man I it's like it's, it's like head of the satanic church style goatee no i got one for <laughs> you last year it's yeah, he when, like um, Mephistopheles. When, when Snowden, when Snowden doesn't get a, a cut yeah. for like three weeks, yeah. and he's on and he gives Great. his little his little video conferences. Hey, I'm still alive, and then yes. and Asylum. Snowden has that thing, that little peak. Yeah. You know, okay. You know, so why don't we call. do this? How, why don't we take a break now? Because our, our last remaining picks are all standalone, like ones we've mentioned. How about yeah, we're gonna start getting so straight, they're not so. standalones. Well, the one coming I mean, up will, standalone right. his catalog, and then we all acknowledge it as such, yeah. not just like our favorites. Yeah. Even though they are. Okay, bet. Right. Go on, culture. Uh-huh. We'll be back. Yeah. Double down, boy. New album, Vegas Vic from yours truly, Zilla Rock. First solo album since 96 Mentality. Out on Chong Wizard Records. Right now, available around the world. You can cop the digital on iTunes if you want. You can buy it for a G on Bandcamp if you're a real boss like that. However you want to get it, we got tapes, very limited CDs also. Beautiful vinyl, all the artwork designed by PQ. Got everybody from Co-op Culture Record Crew in the mix. Album executive produced by Disco Vietnam. Just joining us, fly, energetic, fun. Roulette tables popping, free drinks all night with the cherry in there. Whatever you want to get, we're doubling down. We're going to get in the car. We're riding out to America's Flavor. Vegas Vic, Zilla Rock, a new album. Out now. All right, my number two. The one, the only, the great. It actually, most people would think this is his first great movie. Not, I don't, but um, I can see where that is because it's the commercially viable. It was charting. It was racing up the charts in terms of like almost winning an award and it should have won wow. best mm-hmm. movie that year um, by far. And that's Do the Right Thing. <sighs> Do the Right Thing. I think people think it, it's his greatest or his big moment because his tropes, a lot of his tropes are um, immortalized in this. Yep. The, um, yeah. Like you were talking about earlier, the um, 
talking the, the different slang, negative slangs when they were running through people, yeah. all the uh, derogatory terms. You mm-hmm. speak that, 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 that run he's doing here. Yeah. His, his, his um, dolly shots he's doing here. His understanding of neighborhoods he's showing yeah. here. His, um, his, uh, his um, expansion of races represented. There's the mm-hmm. Asians that work in the mm-hmm. vegetable store in the corner. Black people live on the block. White people live on the block. They own the brownstone. White cops, Italians driving the car. Like all of that is yeah. in South. All of that is woven into this thing. Mm-hmm. And to me, I will, I will challenge anybody. This might be one of the best bottle movies ever in terms of at one location. Mm-hmm. It's all, all yeah. on this block. True. Everything happens. The world building block. is so huge in this movie too. The, the move, the uh, the radio station in the middle of the block that yeah. Samuel oh, Jackson man. works at. The yeah. old guys sitting against the old red. guys, Robin Harris, Robin, Robin Harris. Harris, and all of them. And, yeah. um, and what's L, his name? He from passed away. from the the wire. He passed um, away. What's his name? Which one? The dude who played um, fuck, I'm blanking. The ML, ML, he passed. He died. No, the actor no, no. that played him. Um, the other guy. I gotta pull up his his name. Dude, the dude who played um, yeah, the, 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 yeah. He would add the West Indian accent. Yeah. He passed away too, I think. Frankie Faison. Frank Faison. I think all three of them are dead. No, I think I think Faison's alive. Faison might be alive, but ML and yeah. um, okay. Robin, Robin Harris, they passed away. Yeah. 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 yeah I love Frankie Faison. Yeah. And, and Coconut Sid, that's his name. Coconut Sid. One of the things he did that I thought was really interesting was he brought humanity to every single character in this movie. Yes. Regardless of Everyone. what you felt about their race, he showed yeah. it. Or, or their saying. actions in this particular moment. Right. 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 He he what's so genius about this movie is like I'll ask what you're saying. He looked at every character as like their point of view is valid. Well, it it's it to me, it's the ultimate organism of what a neighborhood is. I'm a neighborhood guy. Yeah. I love being a neighborhood. I like going outside, people knowing who I am. So there's the person that's up at nine standing in front of the beer dispensary there all the time. Yeah, the, right. the person that gets like, er, it's early. Neighborhoods are built early. Who's up early yeah. doing stuff? Right. The mm-hmm. little kid is throwing the paper. That's the same kid you'll see over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. The laundromat gets open at a certain smiley. time. Yeah. This you store gets to open at a certain yeah. time. Everybody knows Four people is. working on the bus at the same time in the morning. Right. Now we're morphing through. Now, mind you, I'm always unemployed. I don't care. So right. when you're in a neighborhood being unemployed, you get to see everything. So who comes out at 11 o'clock? The elderly, they get on the bus in Philly or like that. Like, who's out at one? People that only work half a day or the third shifters, they finally wake up. All of that stuff, I felt like this. That's why I do the right thing. It feels like his most alive movie. There's yeah. so much going on in the neighborhood. The, the, um, the fire hydrants, the children, the um, even after the fire, they draw chalk on the ground. They're yep. playing. Um, like, the big part is after the fire at the end, and it's not a spoiling thing, they're still playing with the basketball right there in the block. The block yeah. is still happening. The block still happens. Still goes yeah. on. The organism still spins. Yeah. Great. Well, it, yeah. it, it's almost like, you know, it's more of a commentary to me on an overall system mm-hmm. that forces these situations to happen. Right. Okay. Like, you know, it's like everybody in there is just like part of like this horrible play. Yes. It's a tragedy. You wow. have no control over it. You're just like thrown into this tragedy. It's and on it, the track. It's, it's, it's on the Systems that are larger yeah. than you, it's happening. It doesn't yeah. matter who you put in there, it's happening. Yep. And you just happen yep. to be the unfortunate souls that are put in the in the track on this. Great analogy. I like that. I like that, Alaska. Very much so. Very much a tragedy, even though it's bright, it's during the day. Yeah. It, it is, it is. You can parallel it with a Greek tragedy. Yeah. Because these things were inevitable. Bugging out was gonna have his thing, recruit, start right. problems. Sal was gonna be pissed off oh. enough. 
bust the radio, cops are called, choke hold. Like we're downhill here. Very much. Even so. like the conversation Mookie has with Pino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people, Pino. You know yeah, I mean? that like, big thing. That was a big, like, let me tell y'all something. That was a big revelation character, because that is so true. Who do yeah. you like? Magic Johnson might like. And then yep. when Pino says they're not black, that's how people think of some entertainers that right. they feel are there. They're yeah. not of this race. I don't really like. They're separate from that. Yeah. And same way that we deal with um exactly, but the same way we also deal with separating the art from the artist, that thing we're dealing with now in our profession, whether it be yeah. R. Kelly or, or Weinstein and his nonsense. You know what I'm saying? Like we're trying to part, you know, we're trying to find what's good we could hold on to and say, Oh, that was cool, but this person is awful. Same difference. Yeah. Right. Same difference. And special shout out to Bill Lee score. I'm so oh. Yeah, and, and Ernest Dickerson's cinematography. It's one of the most beautifully yeah. filmed movies of the 20th century. Fight the Power video was filmed on that block mm-hmm. after they did it. It, yeah, it is one of the most yeah. beautiful, um, like the red, the red backdrop. You know, yes, I mean, the, the red Dick yeah. Willie and all them. Like yes. that sequence is beautiful yeah. with the kids in the water high on it. I mean, it's just phenomenal. Or just even the way like his his jersey contrasts with everything, like Spike's Dodgers. Oh jersey. yeah, with the, with the oh. or when the when the bird guy comes through, how different he is with, with the yeah. thirty three on well, yeah. walking around Brooklyn. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, hey, I grew up in Brooklyn. Oh, oh. <laughs> hey, yo, man, you're looking at a righteous black man, agitator. Now let's yeah. talk about Giancarlo Esposito, one yeah. one of the masters. So he's well, playing he's, his he's black in the next guy. one. He's yeah. in the next movie, which yep. we oh god, he's. Yeah, I mean, looking. he's. Such a chameleon, man. It's like he's so good. I remember watching Breaking Bad and not realizing it was the same dude. So here's the thing. First of all, I watched him. You think he's a black guy because uh do the right thing. He's not. But then you think he's Latino and he's not. No, he's still not. Like he's not what you think he is at all. He's like he he has um he's of Latin descent, but it's not the one you think. I remember him saying, I was like, oh really? Like he's like Portuguese. So it's like it's so interesting because. Then you have like movies like Fresh with, oh my God, oh like my that God, character. Yeah. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's just anyway, but like this is another in his long lineage of great roles. Uh, yeah, this is, a, this is classic. Born in Copenhagen. Yeah, see? Really? Father was an Italian stagehand from Naples. See? Wow. And his mother was his mother was an African American based opera and nightclub singer from so Alabama. So he's part Italian, but you think he's like, you know, like Giancarlo, is, Giancarlo Esposito is the most fucking Italian name of all time. Wait till you when, hear when the you whole a, name. Giancarlo you, Giuseppe Alessandro Esposito. See? Giuseppe, yeah, like you when I see Giancarlo more, Esposito yeah. being a dark skinned Latin, I'm thinking he's Puerto Rican. He's playing all these fucking yeah. New York roles. Nah, bro, Why would he not be Puerto Rican? Or his name's Giancarlo. That's the most fucking Italian I name. I hear Esposito. Like Esposito. That's what I hear. I don't even, yeah. you know, Giancarlo. You think, think about it. Think what resonates. And then but you look at it. could also be like, New York Ranger Phil Esposito. That's right. what I'm saying. Like Esposito. Yeah. 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 Yep. Phil Esposito. There was a hockey dude named Esposito, too, right? There was. Phil yep. Esposito. Phil yep. Esposito. There you go. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. Oh, I think right. said baseball, my bitch. Yeah. No, no. That's Rizzuto. That's Rizzuto, yes. Phil Rizzuto, yeah. backwards. Yeah. All right, yeah. Lasky, your turn. All right. So uh, my number two is Mo Better Blues. Ooh. And my number one is Mo Better Blues. Music. Let's talk about it. Okay, so where was the now? Branford Marcellus has a lot to do with this, as well as as my as favorite Lee, soundtrack, as well as Malcolm Lee. I think Malcolm is working on this one. I don't know if it's Bill. I'm not sure. We, y'all can look it up. But yeah, Bill Lee is involved in this. It's one. Bill. Okay, so it's Bill yeah. and it's Branford. 
Now, if anybody's yeah. not familiar, Branford oh. is like um, a planet and he's doing super experimentation with that horn mm-hmm. at this point. Like he's running things with the horn. Oh, and um, so word is he played uh, Wesley and Denzel's parts and they just learned how to um, I can see it. that, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess it was like the, the whole soundtrack was played by the Branford Malice uh, Quartet yeah. 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 and uh, yeah. Terrence Blanchard. Yep. There it is, Terrence. Oh, yes. Blanchard. Good, good pull. That, that, yes. that might have kickstarted their whole, their whole connection. I mean, yeah, Terrence Blanchard is giant. Like, he's oh, big yeah. now. Philly oh, guy. Too. Yeah, exactly. Um, but good. Y'all, y'all, y'all spill on it. Uh, so it's my number two. I'm cu- and Alaska, I'm curious as to know. I'm sorry. It's my number one. It's yeah. your number two. Why is it your number two? Um, It's the end. Uh, me too just like really like drives it home because i saw it at a time when i was going through something similar like that was the first time i saw being an entertainer this is a movie this touches all of us as an entertainer because it's that dichotomy of wesley versus denzel and they're both right right like they're both yeah well that but i'm talking more like when the, the he's like at home with, with his child yes, playing. miles yes yeah oh. and it was just sort of like that full circle like all that other shit wasn't really that important right oh like, ultimately to yes yeah. great point great point. you know like it was really just about like the love of the music and the love of the people around you yep like that's all it was about and like it just like at the time when i saw it, like i didn't see like again i didn't see it until like 2009 i think for the first time mm. 2009 2010 and it just was like it just struck me. I was like, wow, I just went through like that whole thing. You know, I obviously like not the injuries and the losing my ability to do what I loved. Right. right. But symbolically losing the love for what I did. Yep. You know, yes. and then finding finding it again and like, you know, finding more love than I ever had before. Right. That's um, that's powerful shit, bro. Like yeah. that was my at the time when I saw it, I didn't I wasn't, you know, married or engaged or had a child, but it made me realize like that's the end game and we can put off as much as we want in terms of like oh all that matters is me the artist i'm important my art me me mm. me, me me everyone yeah, else Denzel, needs to shut oh, the fuck up Denzel everything's about me me that. me all the women yeah. in the background all my personal connection with people background yeah. because it's all about me and i'm i'm so fucking special i'm on a pedestal and son i used to think that's kind of how you had to be so right. i was trying to emulate I that the same way i remember watching him like knowing the woman well you know do this in step and i used to be like that with women not that yes. harsh but like i was like yo i mean i remember meeting women and yeah. the first thing I would say to them is like, so, you know, my music comes first. Like, that's the first Correct. conversation we have. Yep. And I'm just and I'm not saying that, but bear with me. y'all. I'm just a rapper. I'm not taking music. Still. Like, I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm not immersed in it as somebody like learning an instrument, per se. But right. I was taking my rap. Right. I, but I was taking it serious. I, I did rehearse. I did. Right. I, but I remember telling women, yo, my music comes me first. Too. Same all the boat. time that was yeah. the first conversation yeah and i remember so i remember the end scene again spoilers for a 30 year old movie but when he well before the end scene when he his lip is fucked up right mm-hmm. and when he tries yeah. to go back well that's painful ain't that painful for y'all and Can that you, I, that when he so that but the triumph in it is like he can't do his thing right right so he and has to so figure out it's it's yeah. kind of like all like athletes and entertainers when they can't do the thing anymore what is their life going to be when they, their struggle. life was the thing right like their entire life, life right everything their identity their their cultural cachet 
their relationship to people was all built on I'm I'm more special than you because I have this thing, right? Right. So when that's robbed of him, the movie could have got really dark and cynical, right? But it kind of made him realize like he just had to stop and sit in one place finally and realize like, yes, I actually have someone who's special and I'm kind of fucking her over. You know what I mean? And like the very end when he has like the dad mustache and he's watching this and I was like, I was so emotional watching that where I was like, whoa, you can lose all that. And like Alaska said, find something more valuable and more honest and more true and something you can't even fathom at the end of it. Like to me, like as a father now, I mean, it's it's unbelievably true, but I felt like it was like his I felt it was like Spike's like most vulnerable thing. I don't know where he was in his life when he made it. But I felt like he had to have come out the other end to make that. Okay. I don't know how you can make that if you're like 22. You know what I mean? Or like 28. Yeah, I will, like get, I will this, say the life. I don't. Know. I will say this: if anybody like, because to me, like, she's got to have it at the age he was. Like that was a high end concept to try yeah. to apply. But right. um, for, so so for me, we're more better. And that was great points, Zion. When China, that was great stuff. I was um. I, I felt all of that really, but I was the only like musician in my family. So that familial and that lineage thing didn't hit me. Like it's hitting y'all. What hit me was when I got older now, actually in the last four five, six, seven years of how we started doing business and realizing that Wesley and Denzel were right. So that's yeah. why I made the song Boom. bleak shadows where yeah. yep. they're, they're both making the point and they're both right. Because it's funny when I was younger, I was on Denzel's side bleak. Oh, you yo, stop with the grandstanding play the music, do it for the music. And mm-hmm. Wesley's like, wait, we're supposed to play what the people like. What do you mean? That's not the music. Why do you think these people came here? They came right. to hear the stuff they like. That's why they paid admission. They didn't come here to hear your little sound experiments and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, right. and you owe your audience, you tear Pat Crow, hey, we need to play something they, they like. We don't need to, we don't need to get, you know what I'm saying, too much in our own self through yeah. insular, ignoring that the fans are here to see us and what they like of us and so mm-hmm. i remember realizing that they were both right and so that's why i made that song and so it's like one of those movies you know what i'm saying like there's not a, a defined protagonist and antagonist because if you when you watch it the first time and his daydream you think oh shadow you know shadow all yep. messed up with bleak but you're like look what bleak did to um um oh, sorry i'm forgetting the character's name but look what he did to her oh, for her Clark. to clark and not Clark. just the, not just the sex stuff, the, the yeah. sublimating of her career, not letting yes. her come out front, and and uh. Wesley wasn't like that. So when you see that happen, you're like, yo, there was a lot, there was a lot of ill going on with with Bleak. Even though you're rooting for Bleak because he's the typical tragic character hero in these movies, but when you really look at it, he's not. You know right. what I'm saying? He's a man that has to come to answer for a lot of the stuff he did in service of his music. It's great. Great, great yeah. stuff. It, I, I think it was um, Joy Lee's best performance. Oh, God. Yes. Easily. She's phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. Oh I mean, God. I like her and do the right thing. I didn't like She's, that weird yes. thing they were doing with Danny Aiello, like being attracted to her. That was weird. Yeah, that was no, weird. That was weird. That was exactly. weird. But yes, I, I agree with you. I, yeah, I think she, that's, like, she should have been nominated for that performance. It was great. She was like hanging tough with Denzel to the whole fucking yeah. movie. She wasn't yeah. taking his shit, man. Yeah, yep. when they were getting great. to his thing, she was bringing it right back to his face. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's do the. Um, we're gonna skip over Castro's number one. Yeah. To get to Alaska's number one, which is also Castro's number three. Right. So and then we'll come. So that would be Crooklyn. 
Cooklin from is Brooklyn. Far and away, is my Cooklin. favorite Spike Lee movie. Never it's, take it's a short because Brooklyn is the borough. It is one of the best. One of the best period pieces, and you can compare it to like. Lady Elizabeth movies and Braveheart. This yeah. is one of the best period piece movies I've yeah. ever witnessed. Yeah. Glory. Well, I, like I'm talking about the whole, you know, deep historical. Oh, yeah. stuff. The yeah. accuracy on Crooklyn is. It's go. great. And I, I really love the, the mother daughter relationship in the movie. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, it, it's just unbelievably well played. Um, the little kid. Little kids in this movie are amazing. Oh my Great. god! Um, especially, especially the lead. She's unbelievable. Alfred Woodard is always amazing. She's phenomenal. Del I will tell you one part that really struck me. Um, and and it's just more so of a New Yorker shit. So I'm from Brooklyn. So the neighborhood I'm familiar that looked like my mom's neighborhood. And so when she went upstate, and they slimmed the picture. Mm-hmm. So when you grew up, you used to watch those uh, kung fu movies at twelve, and the beginnings yeah. would always be slim for some reason. But when he used that to show upstate New York, that's how uh, it feels when you're a metropolitan kid and you mm-hmm. got to go out to the woods with your cousins or something. It feels uh, weird. The, the proportions. <laughs> I remember that being so done so tastefully that it was right. You know, the dog died. Like all of that is like how it feels. when You go upstate to visit like cousins and stuff and you just want to get back to the city. I'm dying to get out of here for the summer. Like I remember that striking me because I've had those moments. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so Alaska, why is it one of your like all times? Well, I, I think it's like, you know, it's kind of what I said um, earlier with uh, He Got Game. It's just like, I like the smaller story. Like, it's just yeah. a smaller story about this family. Yes. And, yeah. you know, a moment that they're going through and struggle that they're going through and how they come out on the other side. It's not a big statement on anything. It's no. not, you know, it's just, here's a story. Here's a slice of life for these people. Right. A slice of Americana. Because yeah, it's, just, it's just oh, as powerful man. as Wonder Years. Oh, yeah, wanted. easily. Easy. Yeah. 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 And it's you you get to like really live their experience. Mm. And you like in, in a two-hour movie, you fall in love with every character. Yo, Everyone. I didn't know. I remember easily. seeing when it first came out, I was 12. I didn't know what a hot comb was. I didn't know about glue sniffers. Oh, that's that great. Yeah, that was oh, great. The glue sniffer scene was shit. amazing. I didn't know yeah. any of that. I was like, and then I just love the kid, you know, that I guess was a stand in for Spike with the little boy with the glasses. He was my favorite. Yeah, a little bit. And his obsession bit with the Knicks. Yeah. Yes. Like everything was about the Knicks. And then it's and like, well, well, Walt Clyde Frazier Knicks. Like, yes. he was all yeah. about Clyde. Yeah. Like, I just love that shit. It just really resonated. And the soundtrack, I, I mean, I have the fucking 12 inch. Like I said, that was my, my mom grew up that way on them porches. That was my, that was my grandfather's house. And um, like, see, I know about all that hot comb. I, I, I will say this, y'all. Do y'all remember how awkward y'all were with the um, RuPaul scene? Like, Mm. When they were dancing in the bodega yeah. uh, as RuPaul, okay. I was like, uh, like oh, at first, as a yeah, right. So, when wow. you see the legs, when you see the legs as a young kid, anybody watched it, we were probably young. I can't, I might have been 15, I can't remember. That's, that's 12, but you 94. see the legs, you see the legs, it was 94, so I'm 16. And um, you see the legs, and you start getting aroused as a kid does at that age, and then you see it's RuPaul, you're like, what's going on? Why is he dancing with her in the store? Yeah, who's working, the, who's working the register? Who's working the register? I remember that, that dude. Scene, right? Um, oh, he's at that. Yeah, at but it's now. like, what's what is going on here? I remember that, but that's that was that 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 he's clean. But that's that's the auteurness of Spike. He's gonna throw you, oh, and I'm, of course that scene was about her shoplifting and stuff like that. But I remember yes. that, like, yes, I was like, yo, what is going on? Like, you know. 
and then her amazing. friend had just got away with it. Like her friend had just got away with it, and then she yes. went, and it's just I oh. get I don't like buying stamps. Like I know that feeling. You don't like going to the store with stamps. It's embarrassing. Yo, that's that was a slice. That was like pieces of my childhood DNA. I didn't go through yes. exactly those things, but I went through a lot of pa- parallel things. I'll tell you what, for me too, it was, it was like, again, I was 12 years old. Delroy Lindo became one of my all time favorite actors oh, man. ever he's, from watching that. Like, I wanted him to be my dad. He's for all of his failures. Like, he was powerful. so charming. And you know, like, with the piano and like him with the, with the kids. Well, the, the conversation that, that uh, he has with Troy on the front stoop. <sighs> yeah. He's and another, another Amazing. struggling musician. Like I, you yeah. know, once once my music shit started solidifying, I start relating to these characters. I know exactly yeah. what all that feels yeah. like. Remember, he had a little gig, and not that many people showed up, but like he yes. was practicing for. Oh man, I know oh, all dude. that. You know his character. You know, yeah. you know and that's when uh, the Spike Lee kid missed the uh, missed the missed the game. Yeah, missed the game. Yeah. Oh my god. You know that dude is still salty about sick. it to this day. Oh god, sick. you, you never yeah. forget though. He had the tickets. Yeah, he, he, he's he hanging up. Oh my god. Oh um. I was I was dating this girl, um, whatever, maybe ten years ago, and she was the first person. And Ka- I'll tell you off here who she was, Kasha. You, you might recall she is, like in a Philly hip hop adjacent world. Um, but this is like ten years ago, and she said back then, like, oh, "Crooklyn's my favorite movie ever made." And she, you was, couldn't, you couldn't. She figure was a out white like- chick from a well-to-do area, and I was like, "What? Crooklyn's like your, your favorite, favorite movie? Right, ever? right." And she's like, oh, fuck. And she started sent, rattling off a bunch of reasons. And then so I remember seeing an interview with Spike at some point the last three, four years from like Black Klansmen or from Five Bloods or just whatever. And he said, like, so many people come up to me or said, like, over time, oh, Crooklyn's your best work. Crooklyn's my favorite thing. People run me like, oh, Crooklyn. And he was like, what? You know, it's not doing the right thing. It's not Malcolm X anymore. It's like Crooklyn right. is, the, is the new one that people stop him right. to talk to him about. Right. So, but she was the first person I ever heard say that. Where I was like, "Huh, wow!" Yeah, and now a masterful performance by the lead. I can't remember her name yeah. right now, on the top of my that head. Girl, she's oh, gonna, that little girl. She, it's she's going under. It's uh, Zelda, Zelda, yeah, Zelda Harris. Harris. Yeah, she's going on to do. It's funny because she's going on to do other things, but she didn't grow up as cute no. as you wanted her to be. You know what I'm saying? They just get yeah. older, so they don't look that same. She, yeah, she was. Cute, in he got uh, game. Yeah, she, they don't look that same. Um, cute genius. Yeah, like true. she she, yeah. she knew what's going on young, but she had a knew what she's going on growing up early. So that character is hard to duplicate because she gets, you know, growth spurts and all the other stuff. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved her. In that yeah. And, okay. and Bokeem Woodbine as their tenant. Oh, my yep. God. I forgot no, it's not. No, it's not Bokeem. It's it's. Um, oh, no. Right. right. It's, uh, it's, it's Isaiah um, Washington. Isaiah Washington. Washington. Bokeem, then. Bokeem is um, he's not one of the Huffers. He's just I think he might just be I in the neighborhood. No, he might yeah. just be in the neighborhood. Maybe you're right. He is. He's just like guys. a neighborhood dude. Yeah. 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 And then, yo, shouts to Vondi Curtis Hall. I love yep. him, man. Yeah. He's, I love yep. him. Yep. Like Spike, like, like, you know, not just Spike, because you have to look up these credits. Look at his casting directors. These are the oh. people that are make like he has his regulars, but the casting directors get all of the other people that fill in the other blanks. He never has a dud. What 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 dud does he have? Well, as I said, Tony Saragusa. That was that's I mean, yeah, that but that was terrible. He was a hump. <laughs> But it was yes. a hump, you know what I'm saying? Um, that was he was rough. awful. Yeah. All right. Do you guys want to so, take a break? Then we'll close up. Oh, sorry. J- just real quick, I just want to mention one more um, thing, and it has nothing to do with Spike really, but I can yeah, mention yeah. it all. Never mind. It's no big deal. Okay. You sure? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I, I just wanted to talk about RuPaul real quick. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's just something it. like Let's do it's it. um. I don't know if you guys ever saw it, and like I remember like when it came out, people like Twitter were making fun of it and shit. Uh, but did you ever watch the show Girl Boss? No, the cartoon. No, it was like a show on um, Netflix. No. Okay. No. And it was about like this woman that started some like online, like reused clothing uh, thing that became like huge. Oh, I think I started okay. this show and I kind of fell off of it. Okay. Uh, but RuPaul was on it. Okay. Uh, and and he he was playing, uh, he wasn't playing a RuPaul character. He was just playing like a dude, like her neighbor. Okay. okay. And he's fucking amazing. Really? I think what, what happened was RuPaul was like his most, to me, um, I know he likes yeah. cross dressing, but like his most powerful character. So yeah. then when you would see him that dress, that, like I, that's when I, RuPaul to me made me understand what drag really was. Like I yeah. used to always right. think it was like, had something to do with like homosexuality or, you right. know, transgender and stuff. And sometimes it does. It's just a lifestyle and he puts on these clothes and he becomes this other person. He takes it, but just as easily he takes them off and he is himself. So um, I remember yeah. realizing that. You know I mean? Bro, fucking yeah. Norm Macdonald and Dean Norris were on this show. Holy shit. Yeah, it's yeah. a good show, man. I'm Jim telling Rash. you. Like, oh, man, Jim Rash. People, people got heavy on it because it was like, you know, it was like, oh, some like spoiled rich white girl show or something like that. But the show itself was good. Like, I don't know anything about the real person. I don't really give a fuck about the real person. But the show was dope. Oh, uh, you know what? My, my, my girl's in this. I have like a, like a little crush on her just because she looks like She's like a very approachable type of actress, uh, Melanie Linsky. I can see yeah, she yeah. Big, like, oh, big vibes on Bel- Melanie Linsky, bro. Yes. Um, uh, all Melanie right. Linsky, sure. What's next? Uh, let's take a break. Uh, we'll do our last break, and then we'll wrap up with the number one pick, Castro's pick. All right. All right, Call Out Culture. Talking Spike Lee, lineage of adjacentness with a Jason kid, not Malcolm X. All right, we'll be back. Yo, peace, people. It's Prem Rock. Just wanted to hop on and tell you about my new album, Load Bearing Crow's Feet. Out now, everywhere on Backwood Studios. Shouts to the Wrecking Crew, shouts to Call Out Culture. Shouts to Willie Green, shouts to Billy Woods of Backwood Studios. Shouts to Shrapnel. Shouts to Brain Orchestra, Denmark Vesey, Messiah Music, Small Professor. Fresh Kills, Willie Green, myself, everyone that handled the beats, everyone that delivered the, the rhymes. AJ Swade, Henry Canyons, Castro Zilla, yeah. Fielded and Lucid, and Marcus Penn on the cuts, Dr. Quandry on the art. Pick it up wherever you pick up music. Thank you. Peace. The shortest story ever fraught with blues and no less true. Dignity. We're back. Collab culture. Oh, and at the end of this episode, hang around. You're going to be able to hear. Uh, so you're putting at the beginning. You're not putting at the beginning. Oh, well, at some, at some point during this podcast, you'll hear the world premiere. Or have heard. Or have heard. You, you may have already heard it. You may have already heard it. The world premiere yeah. of the new Korean yeah, think- single, Benicio Del Toro, from the new album, Never at Peace, pre-ordering live. By the time this airs, the pre-orders will be up at breckingcrew.bandcamp.com for the follow-up oh. album. Never at Peace, which is dropping officially on Black Friday on CD, cassette, and motherfucking mini disc. Were well, you putting it up on Wrecking Crew or Wrecking Three Dollar Piss? Okay, gotcha. Wrecking Crew, bang. There you go. All right. Enough of me. Here we go. Number one movie. Castro. All right. Um, Spike Lee, number one movie on my list, is actually one of the greatest movies ever created, and it's Malcolm X. 
Yeah. Um, the, the scope of this movie is incredible. Like um, the way he's able to replicate New York in the 60s and 70s, in the 70s mainly when um, Malcolm gets there, the way he's, he's able to replicate um, Malcolm's pilgrimage to Hodge and show the scope of that, the way he's able to replicate um, Malcolm's ascension. Like you would, you know about Malcolm, but you didn't know how he became Malcolm. I remember like, you know, you read things, but like to understand that he used to be a criminal and found a lot, to see that like on film, that was powerful. To see a man um, turn into a prophet, that's how, that's what I believe in his second part of his life in his thirties and forties, you know what I'm saying? Like it was incredible to see purely Denzel's transformation the man looked like Malcolm, like it was yes. uncanny. And yeah. the, the, and it was uncanny because they do not look like each other. Denzel is a darker hue man. Malcolm is light as, as the sun is, is, is long. Like he's, he's light skinned man, he's ginger almost with the red hair. And I still to this day, I don't know how, but he was Malcolm and he doesn't look like Malcolm at all. It, to me, it's almost like, um, there was a certain mastery that uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. did playing O.J. Simpson, even though he didn't look like O.J. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there was the something juice. going on. Now, Denzel was a lot different. He really embodied the spirit of Malcolm. And I remember closing my eyes sometimes watching it. And I know Malcolm's speeches by heart and hearing Malcolm come through Denzel very eerily. If you, if, it depends on what you believe, right. spirits and all that other stuff. But to me, it wasn't scary to me. It was like mm-hmm. iconic. But it's very eerie to people that have issues with like ghosts and stuff like that. If you close your eyes, you listen to some of those scenes, like the scene of um, his speech in Harlem. That's that's a real thing that happened. And the way they pulled yeah. back mm. and showed all the people around him, the Muslims in the front row ish and then pulling back. And that was that street scene. Um, uh, like little iconic scenes meant a lot to me. y'all. Like I remember the scene with Al Sharpton and the, getting up on a um, soapbox, like soapbox preaching on a corner. That mm-hmm. really happened. Malcolm getting up on a step ladder just so you could be a couple of feet above and gathering a crowd. That really happened. Like those moments. That's that's the MC in me when I see stuff like that. When um the pride that I had with how Denzel carried that role and showed the strength of the black man and the black power and the black movement back then, amongst so much dire, dangerous um, opposition government after this man trying to kill him and any Muslims after this man, his own people after him trying to attempt to stop this train. Everybody knew it was a train and it was a runaway train and it was awesome. And I think this is one of the greatest men that ever lived. I think that he was an actual living, breathing prophet on our planet. Mm. And I think this movie encapsulated and captured that in a way that I don't know if we'll ever see a biography. Like it was Ali and his other things, but like, really, this is like, this takes the cake. Lincoln, like things where, you know, I mean, Daniel Day, he's nice with it. Daniel yes. Day is nice with it, but to me, this might be the best autobiographical character being um, portrayed by an excellent actor. Yeah, and it's interesting what you were saying about how much he embodied, oh. uh, how much Denzel embodied Malcolm. Yes, I was just like while you were talking about that, I was just like scrolling through photos, right? And it's really just in his eyes, like if you. Look oh at God! The photos, yes, yes. It's like the way Denzel. he acts with his eyes in this movie oh. it, like it's it's just on but also if you've read alex haley's book yes you would never in a million years think that this could be put to film no mm. the way it was it's it's 
doesn't seem big, but it's verbose with the letters in the beginning yeah. and the way he was jumping through time, telling his mm-hmm. past and like that. You yeah. didn't know if that could be translated and Spike did that. Like, no, I mean, that's it, a great point. It really lent itself to being something that could have been like a horrible, like TV movie of the week style. Movie. Yeah. But being that it's Alex Haley, um, the color purple, you didn't, yeah. if you read the color purple, the book, I don't know if you see, did you ever read the book? No, I never read the book it. is written in its in, in letter forms. It's letters to his, her mm-hmm. sister. Okay. So when you have to translate that into a full fledged movie, you have to put things in some type of timeline where the letters are just like reaching out to the void because she didn't know where her sister was for so many years and just writing. So it's the same thing to me in terms of like translating a text into a film and doing it right. Alaska, you on like that was that's yeah. a great point. Great point. Yeah, I, I didn't put it on my list only because it's a fucking achievement of film and culture. It's just not a movie that I have watched. Like it's fucking three and a half hours, but it's such a, I think I watched it. Um, I think my, my wife watched it for the first time, maybe like three years ago, something like that. And I was watching it like in parts with her and, you know, she was fucking blown away. But um, I just remember like, my stepfather having the fucking VHS mm-hmm. in the house. Double, uh, two discs, two, two tape. Yeah. Two yes. tapes. It was like a brick. Like double box, right? like, um, like Godfather. The brick. Yeah. Yep. And at the time, I was, I, was, I, I was probably 15 when I saw it in his house. And so this was maybe six, seven years after it came out. And Castro, you said at the beginning, like, I, rem- I remember like the X fashion trend. Yes. You know what I mean? It was a big thing. Yes. Right. Big so big. I was aware of Malcolm X. Big and X all that shirts. Shit. Right, but I didn't, and I knew it was like more prominent towards black culture, obviously, than white culture. But I didn't, I didn't really know Malcolm X's thing. Right? Like at this point, though, there was like I can't even maybe five Martin Luther King movies. Seriously, yeah, like they've probably. made a, a number of them with different actors playing him way before you even seen the Old Yellow Wolf. There's like five right. of them. Seriously, yeah. Um, and so I didn't know anything about him beyond like hearing rappers talk about him, and then the ex clothes. Right. And so when, when my stepfather saw it in his collection of tapes. In like 1997, I'm like, I said to him, I was like, "Oh, like you have this movie?" It was just kind of shocking to me. My stepfather had it, and he was like, "He's like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life." And I was mm. like, "I was like, okay." And I was like, "How long is it?" He's like, "It's it's long." So if you want to watch it, go for it. And I said, "All right." So I probably watched it over the course of like three, four days as a kid, and I was just like, because I was in high school, so I was like falling asleep. But it was by the time it was over, I was like. <laughs> I was fucking blown away. So I think the last time I watched it a few years back, my wife watched it for the first time. Just seeing it again still, you know, 20 years later, just the power and like how magnetic he is. But then even like Spike Lee in the movie. Yeah. Spike's mm-hmm. fucking great in this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's some 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 parts he does. To me, he's like a little too much like hamming it up. But other parts when he's in movies, I love him. This is one of the movies like I love. I love him in this movie. Yeah, and, shorty. Uh, and I and the thing I love too is um <laughs> the scene where the white woman how how do we help? Oh man, <laughs> yeah. what can what, what can a, what can a you know what do you say a non racist like you know apologetic right. the uh, white liberal, liberal the way, like what, is, white, what, 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 what can they do? He said nothing. <laughs> and you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Um, I was watching oh. an old Dirty Bastard clip. Yep, and he, him, they, he, was, he was on MTV. On TV. What do you do to get like, back to the community? He said, "Wait, wait." He said, 
we know that the Fujis they have the community efforts, and we know yep. that they, they. But I, my my question was for Old Dirty Bastard. What, remember, yep. what are you putting energy into in your community efforts? And he first he was like, because he was trying to make sure he, they were talking. He's like, yep. me. And then yeah. they said, yeah. He said, nothing. nothing. And the crowd busts out. <laughs> I was I watching mean, that crowd, live, dog. I was watching that live on TRL. He was dying. He was like like Carson Daly almost shit himself. He was so fucking. He was like beside himself with laughter because it was so fucked up to say. But it was real. But it was just like. But anyway, like that scene, even watching it again, you know, again, three, four years ago, I was like, well, <laughs> Malcolm fucking said it, man. You know, yeah. 60, whatever. In his book, though, he does like in the book, he does sort of address that he wishes he handled that different. Oh, really? And and when he when he gives like the speech in the movie at the U, when he starts the new organization at the UIAA, I'm yeah. messing up that he's, he's explaining you can he was explaining the conditions under which you can help. So he yeah. was saying you can you can help, but you can't join because he was very resident. Uh, and he does admit a book mm-hmm. that's like a point. He remembers right. that woman because he was going up to I think it was Harvard. He was giving a speech. Yeah. At, and he was giving a speech to white students. So he remembers that woman asking him that. Like that was yeah. a point yep. where he was very stubborn in his ways. And this was when he was very much still with the white man's the devil and yes. uh, very, very, um, very much being um Elijah Muhammad's mouthpiece, like seriously, mm. like he was talking yeah. exactly what what Elijah was uh, teaching him. Right. I won't yeah, say it feeding was before him. his Hajj to Mecca, right? Yes. It was before all of that. And, and that's, what, that's when he's like standing on the ladder outside of the of the church. Yep. He's like beautiful, yeah. beautiful cells. Shh. Come here, girl. And that was, was scene amazing. was powerful. That scene is because amazing. they were recruiting like maids, and they were just talking yes. to him, you know, grabbing them like property. And he was like, "Yo, get the hell away from over there! This little auction block. Come over here. Let me show you something." And then oh they did a cut, God. and that same girl came. For the meeting like yep. they, they cut and she was right at the meeting yep. uh-huh. and then the only thing I, I really was just i i know why they had to do it but like when he gets shot at the end and he it's smiles almost like a john woo movie like the amount of shot it's like it's the most but it was violent. that many it was that many. i know i'm just like when you when the way it's filmed it's like when he smiles so the last thing you notice you ever see him smile he smiles yeah. right before he gets shot he has a little half smirk and that's yeah. ill to me because i know it's in a movie but i think they're trying to symbolize he's like i'm about to be a martyr I, I that was that's ill. Too. Interesting. And they have, yeah, that's when his smile was him recognizing it's martyr time. Yeah. Like it's time, mm. it's a time for martyrs, even when you're gonna be a martyr. And he wow. also had the great um dolly shot where he's walking in the haze <sighs> and the lady says, I know who you are. You oh, uh, that's where I love her. She passed yeah. away too. I'm trying to think and real the, quick. Uh are the in, in all the movies we named, I'm gonna go back to the list. Dolly shots. Is everyone is dolly and everyone. So there's everyone. one in 25th hour. Definitely. There's a dolly in every single one. Every or inside in, man. There's one inside, inside man, man when he rushes to the, to the door. When he rushes yep. after they after they fake shoot one of the hostages. Crooklyn he when he's upside down, huffing the huffing the glove. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Is there mm-hmm. one bamboozled? Yeah. Because it because yeah. that was all shot. Remember walking was like the first like digital the movie or it looks yeah, like shit. It was very yes. digital. Um it was Delacroix. Was he's like, like walking down the okay. corridor. He's like kind of um he got game. Is there one? Mm-hmm. Oh, when he's in the hallway at the college. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Mo Better. Which what, what is it in Mo Better? In Mo Better, I think. Is it when he's? Oh, it's when he's doing the 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 trumpet, but he's like spinning around. There's that one, but there's also one where Giant is walking and 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 there he knows somebody's chasing him. When, oh, when Giant. like oh. yeah, when Giant's kind of walking, he's doing yeah. the walk. I think that's the, my favorite spike with the hand. Role. Yes, Giant. I, yeah. Yes, I think yeah. I think he's my favorite because I want to fucking kill him in that movie. Like he's emotionally. So Son, we're he's the total. He's such a bad manager. He's a he's degenerate. A, yeah, but, betting on but the also, fucking Mets and kissing uh, his hand. 
Oh my god! Oh like, my this god. fucking this guy's trouble. This is a guy you keep around you, and you get you get pulled in this horrible shit. And yeah, he's your yeah. friend. And it he's a loser, yeah. like the born loser. And um, and and you know, not the final thing on Malcolm X. Anybody else want to speak to him? But it is uh, it's uh. I mean, people go with training day, whatever the fuck. This is Denzel's nah, greatest role. Oh, by far. Yeah. He's, he's by far. Like, now, I'm talking about this. If Denzel, and he's about to do Macbeth. So I want to see what that's hitting for. He's right, about yeah. to do Macbeth. But if he did some Shakespeare prior to it, that's the only thing that could kind of come close. And I only say that because Shakespeare evokes this certain type of level of acting. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's very dramatic. It's done in a certain way. Yeah. So Shakespearean stuff does, you know, is very evocative to me. But so, yeah. We'll put it this yeah. way: like looking at all of our lists, he comes up between all of our lists four times. Denzel. I mean, he's a of monster. course. So every single movie he's done with Spike Lee has made yeah. at least someone's list. Come on, yeah. Inside Man, Mo Better. What's the game? Malcolm. He got game, and he got game. Yeah. So something I wanted to mention about Malcolm X, and and maybe you know this is just my impression of the time, but it really seems like that was the only time that movie ever could have been made. I can because, I, I agree half with you, but I know what you're saying. You know, it was like it was the first time that he became something of a national figure. Like even before the movie came out, like mm. well, there was the know, fundraising like, efforts. There was right. the Hulk yeah. production, yep. and he needed um he needed a refresher. That's when he called on Bill Bill and all of them. Yeah. Ooh, the yeah. funny thing Jordan. is, the people that um donated were not like natural fans of his. That's but why I thought it was even that before special. he was making the movie. It was like you know that the book had a renaissance. Yes, um, and and I think you know part of that is because of hip hop because he became a figure in hip hop. Like people talked about him a lot in hip hop. Yes, yes. So I think you know the book sales went up. Everything like people were uh, interested in learning more about him, mm. and I think just like everything sort of like came to like the perfect point where that out that movie could have been made and made the way it was made. Wow, great indeed. Indeed, and I also had an ex hat at that Not time. Clearly, so, yeah. This the spike, the Spike Lee, forty eight percent of the And this is one of those, even saying. though it is like Zilla said, it's three and a half hours. This is one of those, it's, and it's on. I watch it all the time. I mean, I I've watched this movie a hundred times. I know I have. No problem. I just it's it's incredible to me. Always thought yeah. so. Yeah, it's an unbelievable piece. It, and it's heavy as hell, man. <laughs> The stuff with his father fighting off the Klansmen. Oh yeah, big moon. It's the scene with the moon and then oh riding God, off yeah. into the moon. Come on, yo. Jesus Christ. And how the parallel of his house getting firebombed and oh. then his his house got firebombed when yeah. he was older. Oh my God. Yeah, it's rough, man. But it's, it's again, it's just powerful shit. Like it's just, I I feel like I don't know how many people have seen it for the first time ever in the last twenty years. You know what I mean? Like yeah. But I feel like if, if if anyone listening hasn't watched this, like we we've all listed our favorite, and I I I would imagine people have seen most of these movies that listen to the show. But if you haven't seen Malcolm X ever, or you haven't seen it in a long time, it's time to revisit. It's time. It really is. Like carve out. Like don't don't watch Squid Game for six seven hours, which is cool. Watch this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, is it streaming anywhere? I, I think it, maybe, I could maybe. tell you right now. I could actually tell you right now. Hold on. Malcolm X streaming. Malcolm X. Movie streaming. Malcolm X. It was on Netflix? I got it. No. It's on um, HBO Max. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Three hours and 21 minutes. Shit. 
you know, all I have to do is for my Apple TV, I just have to say the movie's name, it'll show me what app, which app nice. I have it on. Fuck yeah. Let me, I'm actually in HBO Max, so let me just make sure right. that that is. Do that up, yeah. nice. right there. So uh, while you're doing that, why don't we wrap up by going through our list again from the five? All right. Cash, what was your what was your five through one? My list was Bamboozled, Jungle Fever, Crooklyn, Do the Right Thing, and Malcolm X. Long. My my list was Inside Man, Bamboozled, Do the Right Thing, Twenty Fifth Hour, Mo Better Blues. And mine was He Got Game, Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, Mo Better Blues, and Crooklyn. Fucking great list, boys. Great list. Phenomenal shit. I mean, this episode was. You know, it works itself out. So we will be doing more of these hip hop adjacent. Mm-hmm. Like we mentioned, we might we we talking about we might do one on a tunnel nightclub, <laughs> your MTV raps, um, uh, Fab Five Freddy, yeah, uh, Ralph you know, McDaniels, Ralph McDaniels. Shoot, we'll even do one on like Kurt Loder, yeah, um, like, Bobito. Uh, we gotta do one on stretching Bobito, but just like people, you know, um, Big Les, the original oh, Rap City yeah. uh, cast. That type of thing. Um, the mayor, Chris uh, Thomas, Steve Stout, Steve Stout. Um, <laughs> um, what's his name? Um, my bad, y'all. Uh, the fashion cat we mentioned, um, Dapper Dan, Dapper Dan, cool. cool. Fubu, yeah. stuff yeah. like that. Like just mentioning Call these, these hip hop adjacent things. Um, adjacent. We'll even talk about like when the NBA got all hip hopped out, which to me I think was uh, Shaquille oh. O'Neal. I think it was like Shaq Ooh. when Shaq came into the league. The league started getting hip hopped out, commercials, mm, endorsements, and then Iverson, the and Iverson came in Oof. 2000. But I remember Shaq in the commercials, endorsements, and he was adamant to have like rapping and stuff. And um, I remember that's when it started cracking off with the NBA. Um, the highlight videos and stuff like that. Z. I remember that. Yeah, mid 90s. Era. Right. So, so just a heads up Malcolm X is on uh, HBO Max, and so is He Got Game. Ooh. Oh. I'm, I'm gonna revisit Crooklyn definitely this weekend. I haven't watched yeah, it. Yeah, it's really so it's a special movie, man. I just remember seeing it as a kid when it came out and loving it, and then the soundtrack, you know, and then the Crooklyn Dodgers too, and then going back to it, thinking of all the characters who I saw later, like I said, Delroy and Alfred Woodard. But I probably I probably have only seen it twice max in my life. I've seen it about fifty times. Yeah, I gotta watch Crooklyn again. That was the first time I remember seeing Delroy Lindo. Me too. I mean, I'm sure he's been. And then in I saw him again shorty after that, and he kind of was on a yeah. good run. I loved him. Shouts to Delroy. Oh, Prem is hanging out with uh, Sketch Rich. and Rich. Rich said they were going to call me. Sketch. He said they were going to call me. Yeah, Delroy. Shouts to Delroy. He's the, the only really worthwhile thing in the Five Bloods. Movie's a fucking disaster, but he is. I, I, my, I like. I like. Oh man, you can't like their five bloods, dude. I was me and Woods. No have, we had intense conversation. He actually called me right. He's after right. Intense conversations, but I think on upon rewatching, nah, I rewatch it. You rewatch. I, I like it. Yeah, yeah I did. Come on, dude. Yeah, Stop. I did. Boy. This is like propaganda. It. This is propaganda. Like the listeners like don't, don't the only, don't. No, 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 listen. The only little hiccup is they stayed the same age, but I didn't care. <laughs> the only little hiccup is it's fifty minutes too long. It's the only yeah. hiccup on the five bloods. It's not good. Not that bad, yo. It's Check two it out. Hours this could have been an hour and ten minutes. It would have been perfect. Go watch the it's five. Two hours and thirty Vietnam. minutes. It's an so accomplishment. Visiting Vietnam in present day. Nah, bro. Delroy Lindo. Nah. Jonathan if it was Majors. just about Delroy, excuse it would have been me. amazing. Excuse you. Excuse you. 
Jonathan Major's first fine. role. Excuse you. Okay, I'm talking fine. about it. I don't need your help. I don't need it. <laughs> Jonathan Majors is in it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, God. All right. If you like Lester Freeman, he's in it. Just just uh, give it a go. Trust so me. Spike Lee directed Gerard Carmichael's um, stand-up comedy. Stand-up joint? Uh, that was his? I love that one. Yeah. We talked about love the speakers. It, love at the store. Oh, no. I, th- I thought he did like the nine. What was it called? Nine? I don't know. The one that I, they came up when I searched Spike Lee was uh, oh, Love at the store. The one I'm talking about is like he filmed it right after Trump got elected with Gerard Carmichael. Where he's like he's like in the middle of like almost like a state like a like a, a like a playhouse, and the stage is in the middle of the whole room. And it's a really small space in New York. Yeah, no, the one in 2014, Love at the Store. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm talking about the one after that. Then. Um, there was like Gerard Carmichael eight. Eight, yeah, not nine. Eight. That's um, my shit. Eight I'm not sure if, who that was directed by. Eight Let's is see. fucking awesome. Gerard Carmichael's dope. He's so good. Yeah, uh, my shit. It was directed. That was directed by Bo Burnham. Really, Bo, Bo Burnham did that joint. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, that that one's that's filmed really well too. It's like very, it's very very intimate. He's, he's did you guys ever show. watch his show? The one that he had. On I never. Met, I never saw. I heard people raved about it. I never. It was great. What? Carmichael. The one that was on ABC. The Carmichael show. Yeah, yeah with yeah, uh, him really and David good. Allen Greer. Yeah, I heard it. Really I gotta peep that joint. I yeah, it was like good. Probably on Xfinity on my on my shit. It's probably got Hulu because it was an NBC show. Yeah, yeah they have like the be. Peacock app. They don't do Hulu. Yeah, I don't think. Oh, uh, I got Peacock because I still pay for cable, so you know I'm straight. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. All there right, people. Yeah. Thank y'all this for tuning in. Call out culture. All our call out cultures. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, go to our YouTube channel, um, our Instagram, all that good stuff. Hey, and we have. Hit us up. Give us some comments on iTunes. Patreon is still alive and kicking. So if you want to become a Patreon, join up. Yeah, we have different levels. Five dollars. Maybe, tier, maybe $10 I'll do a live um, a listening party tier. for career crooks, like yeah, do it. It for human zoo. For a Patreon yeah, I didn't. List. I didn't do that for Todd. Oh, excuse me, not for Todd. I didn't do it for Little Robert Hutton because I had a, a whole uh, rollout plan that didn't involve any previews right. or leaks. Was so that silence. Was... Anyway. Um... Um... Anyway, and yeah. hit us up on our Twitter feed and let us know if there's anybody that is hip hop adjacent that you want us to cover. Yep. yep, please do that. It could be um Tony Hawk, you know, that would be a skateboarding culture. Yeah. Mm. We can talk about that. And we know skaters, we can get a skater or two on the show. Like, yeah, talk Shit. about it. That'd be a great episode for Doof. Doof, yeah, Doof. Doof or um, yeah. some other cats. Yeah. Uh, see other Carmichael's on Hula, just so everybody knows. Okay, good. I don't know why. I don't right. watch that. Call out culture. Hi, y'all. Keep black. Peace out.